Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> Oh, we're rolling. <laughs> I accidentally just hit the button. Okay. Whatever. Well, we're good to go. Act like we like I panicked. <laughs> so what's up? I haven't seen you since we did the podcast last week. Yeah, I wanted to bring up your competition. Okay. It looked cool, man. The the setting, like the the setup, was dope. Super cool. Hey? I know, I I know what happened, but I didn't see any of the matches. So you yeah. have to walk us through it. Yeah. When you asked me for the stream, I thought it was free. I didn't realize you had to pay like My thirty cheap bucks. Ass. Yeah. I was like, I don't oh, blame you. Dope. Yeah. Went to click on his thirty bucks. Is like I'll just hear Ryan talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. The setup was super cool. Um, again, you know, you would think there'd be more pressure when it's like it's it's. You know, they put it all over social media. They they blast it out there. You have one opponent. There's like a lot more of a crowd, and like all eyes are on you. you yeah. Know? It's not like a tournament when there's four matches going on at the same time. But I liked this much better. Uh. Like I didn't. I kind of like embraced the pressure in a way where like I don't know the 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 weigh-ins, the face-offs. Like that was all like kind of a cool experience. You know. Yeah. And even that just is really cool. And some there's something about when you compete on a stage like that. Like it's all dark. And it's like, as soon as you're on that mat, it's like, man, I wasn't thinking or paying attention to the crowd. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's, it's a real show. Hey, when yeah. there's just one match with lights on it and people you, like, they're just spectating you, you know? Yeah. That's cool, man. And in the change rooms in the back, they had flat screens with the event on so we could see all the matches, hear everything. Hmm. So it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. The match obviously didn't go the way I wanted to. It was, it ended up being a draw. Right. Cause uh, they were, it was 10 minutes long submission only well here's the thing it was supposed to be eight minutes but my match only ended up being like seven minutes oh interesting because they never had a, a clock that you could see but tyson was in my corner and he timed it and he said it was seven and a half minutes but they had to recenter us in the middle because we were almost going off the mat one time okay so he thinks that might have ate up 30 seconds and then same with adams adams was supposed to be 10 minutes and then right before the event they told him it was eight and it only ended up being seven Huh. So it was kind of, kind of dumb, but I find sometimes that just happens in, I don't know if it's just like the martial art industry, but like with fights too, right? You've been there, like oh, yeah. just random last minute changes where yeah. you're like, this, this should be like set in stone. Yeah. Are we doing 10 minutes or like seven and a half? Yeah. Huh. So it was, let's say like a seven, seven and a half minute match and yeah, submission only. So if you don't make the guy tap or put him out it's a draw nobody wins right. you know so so you, even if you dominate uh, the guy for the 10 minutes yeah. but you don't submit him it's still a draw and that's what i did honestly i took oh, him yeah. i took him down within five seconds i wow. passed his guard how'd you take him down um Remember? yeah i it have was no gi right it was gi okay it, it was, was in gi. the gi okay and um it's actually my go-to man it works so good like i, I hit it in the last tournament i did too so we're standing there uh, without hesitation, I just reach across and grab the opposite lapel. Yeah. And I grab the arm and I fake a guard pull. Like I put my leg up on the hip and fall back. And their reaction is to pull away. Mm. So as soon as I I fake that, I go and I ankle pick and grab their leg and just push them forward with my nice. with my top hand yeah, that has yeah. the lapel. And I've seen that one. It's, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I took him down right away at work to caught him off guard, put him right to his back. I passed his guard and I would like to see it again, but from my memory... 
the whole match was me in side control, mount, and north-south. And I had a sub almost locked up, man. Like, the the one that I called, th- that I was going to do, like, I even wrote it in my journal the week before. I'm like, I'm going to get him with a lapel choke. I can oh, see yeah. it. You did the Gordon Ryan. <laughs> yeah. It's just a- you should have just ripped that page of your journal and passed it to the ref <laughs> yeah, or the judges. <laughs> and so, when I'm in side control with my arm under his head, I pass him my own lapel. And as soon as I get that grip, it's usually like, okay, I'm going to get this up. There's mm. a couple steps that are easy to get to. So I got this grip. And even Tyson could see, he's like, get your head to the other side. I put my hand to the hip. All I had to do was put my head on the other side of his body and like get up on the balls of my feet. And I would just create all this leverage. And like right. I had the full grip. And he just kept blocking my head from getting to the other side. Uh. And I was trying to, you know, bait him back to not thinking about that or like step right. the knee on the belly and then go but he just kept he was savvy to defend yeah, yeah. and um he's clearly been putting that before he must have known that was the important like to really keep your head on the one side well yeah. and I, I wonder now that i'm just thinking about it out loud i wonder if tyson saying that was oh, like yeah. oh shit maybe i got can't let his head get to the right. other side yeah that's the funny thing with like yeah like was it pretty quiet in there too it was like in japan it was yeah quiet. that's that's what i pictured in my head so like any instruction like yeah. he's literally like oh thanks coach yeah other guys coach and i was trying to get kimuras but his arms were just so tight i bugged like an ezekiel choke i, I wasn't in the right position you just went open palm right to the mouth <laughs> and it would have been fun jiu-jitsu. real combat jujitsu That'd be cool if that counted for your black belt. Like if it was, you know how Dwayne wants you to have a full contact yeah. thing to get oh, a black yeah. belt, right? Knock somebody out in a jiu-jitsu You can knock somebody out in like combat jiu-jitsu, man. Like, do like a like a switch a switch cross palm or something? Yeah, Just yeah. Just like do like a BMT. <laughs> on the feet, I don't think that's allowed. <laughs> but I've seen people like even like ground and pound get yeah. knocked out, you know? Yeah, and see it or in normal combat jiu-jitsu, yeah, you can't hit until you're on the ground. So you can't. I wonder if that would. I wonder, like, I I would like to get clear instruction from from Sensei Dwayne Ludwig. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It'd be kind of cool if he had like a list, being like, "These are the things that count." Yeah. For getting your black belt, as far as combat goes. Yeah, I'd be send him a video when it's done. Be like, "Does this count?" Yeah, it's pretty full. The guy's just snoozing from your open palm strike. I seen one of those recently. It just popped up on my Instagram, but like a pretty vicious knockout from yeah. combat jiu-jitsu. the guy went for his leg or his yeah i think that's changing the game hey because when it was just jujitsu, leg locks were like and maybe i'm wrong i don't watch jujitsu. i'm not con- like do they happen nearly as much in combat jujitsu? no leg lock that's yeah, the like, danger yeah yeah like i would assume that it would definitely slow those down totally risky There's, business yeah. going for those legs still a lot in jujitsu competition but as soon as you add the combat jujitsu. People are getting hurt going for legs sometimes or they're just not they're too timid to go for the legs as much It's funny how even that seems to be evolving a little bit I feel like when we first started watching combat jiu-jitsu there was like a lot of smacks But you didn't see like the full like like boss root and like straight shot open palm Like I, I feel like I'm seeing that more. Yeah, well, you think people are starting to probably train it, right? You know, and of Perfect course it's gonna evolve. Yeah, cuz like it seems so awkward to hit like that but if you're always like Stretching your hands back yeah. and like doing ground and pound drills like in between sub attempts and positions Oh, dude, you could really hurt someone yeah. like that So anyways, yeah, I mean if it was a normal tournament style like he wouldn't have got a point and I would I don't know 16 points like I completely I wasn't in danger. I always had the dominant position hmm. I know I wasn't stalling like I wasn't just holding him in mount. I was trying to go for stuff Yeah, good, but nice. I just I couldn't you know how it is sometimes yeah. it's hard to find a finish man Yeah, especially if they're good at defending. That's just it. You know, it's not so, that easy just beating someone up 
and in yeah. that time I dude I would have loved 10 minutes yeah it went by so fast when they said one minute left I was like what the fuck I thought I had three or four minutes right. left that's just it like especially like you guys are used to rolling fives all the time and multiple you know yeah like lots of yeah. rounds like that so it's kind of nice to have just one even if it was a 10 minute round it's like kind of simple for the mind to understand like one round yeah 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 10 minutes that's a lot that's a lot of extra time you yeah know? compared to seven and a half totally so yeah i mean good on good on this guy like he defended really well um but yeah it was fun you know and with adam's match he was the main event it was it was kind of a bummer because they were like on the feet really hesitant for like the first three minutes i heard yeah i think the refs like come on you guys the main event like yeah, let's go. And yeah adam ended up pulling guard and I think Adam was expecting Sean to wrestle a little more, yeah. and Sean must have had a bit of a counter plan too because he wasn't wasn't initiating, and it and then it, Adams ended up being like seven minutes too. Hmm. So it's that's I don't know, man. It's pretty quick no for way. this type of a setting, right? But no excuses. I could have found the submission, and you know, you always think after like, could I have taken more risks? I should have went for this submission instead of this. I should have took the back instead of tried right. to mount, and you know, and it's like whatever yeah it's not the end of the world you had fun you showed up you did good like i felt great i embraced everything but yeah i it could have been worse i could have got smothered the whole time or tapped so that's just it and especially when your skill levels are so close like i feel like like that like obviously you're like a little better but you also know that like a few too many mistakes you could get caught so it's like it's a very like yeah you're kind of like battling that edge yeah do you have any water in here i do <laughs> Thanks, our, our medication's giving us that dry mouth today. Yeah. But uh, I'm super proud of everybody, man. Like, we didn't get the results we wanted. You know, four of us went up. Two of us got submitted. Right. Two of us had a draw. But, um, yeah, Adam Kelly, Scott, you know. Good for Scotty good for everybody. going against someone that he, he fought years ago and lost to. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a little bit of added pressure. You know, totally. like, I got I to gotta get this guy back, you know. And it's theirs cool is a fun he... match. Like, there's they were rolling all over the place and stuff. I couldn't see Scotty ever being in a boring match with anything. No. Even when he spars, it's yeah. just, like, it just gets the action going. Yeah. I asked him before the event, like, at the weigh-ins kind of thing. He's like, yeah, I haven't really slept much in the last two nights. I was at some, like... I think it was like a music festival. <laughs> like, are you serious? It's like classic. It's uh, funny. Oh, this guy's gonna pull up again. <laughs> same guy. Mate, probably. Oh my god, it is. That's the hilarious. Is it the same guy? Dude, totally. Wow. He's probably so starting his shit. <laughs> He's <laughs> probably tripping out so hard. He's like, "What's happening?" Deja vu. So oh. we're we're parked in this parking lot, and this gentleman who works at this restaurant backed up right beside us and this exact same thing happened last week at this exact same time yeah it's two random guys sitting here <laughs> yeah and he sat there for probably half an hour of the podcast yeah hey i wonder yeah. if he was listening <laughs> likely man that'd be really funny if you're like on your lunch break or like you know you yeah. showed up early for work and you just get to listen to a live podcast <laughs> two random yeah. strangers vip <laughs> but uh lastly on this event um yeah it was just um really professional put together like they had lots of staff you know Everything was on time. It was like next match, next match. They nice. would come get you I before. I love when things go quickly. Yeah. They would lead you out to like where you stand. They say when your music starts to play, go stand on this X, bow, run around the mat, whatever. You're going to be in corner blue, whatever. And hmm. just it, you could tell it was professional. It was set up and it was I, a cool experience, man. Really yeah. cool. I'll definitely do it again. I love that they did that. And, it, you know, it makes the jujitsu a little bit more like, um, yeah, special or intriguing. Yeah. when there's not just like you know in a gymnasium with 10 to 12 matches going on yeah it's cool that it was like uh yeah it's like a fight setting 
Totally. Yeah. And it was, you know, if, if it's the closest you get to like an MMA experience, if you don't fight MMA, you know, right. like having that For walkout sure. and everything and fuck. Yeah, man. Um, I would say like, I don't know. There was, there were a decent amount of draws, but there was quite a bit of subs too. Like there was nice. a black belt match. He bow and arrow choked the guy. There yeah, was, sweet. yeah, lots of Adam Wayne subbed his guy. Like okay. there was a lot of submissions and good. There was some little kids too. <laughs> So it was pretty, they're always funny to watch, man. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see. Um, I weighed in at one sixty one point four. I needed to be one sixty two, and I'm already like one. I'm probably one seventy two right now. You weighed in at one sixty what? Sorry, one point four. Okay. I needed so I was like I thought four, you said one sixty four. I was like, oh you're, no, you were, you were overweight. No, I needed to be one sixty two. I weighed in just over one sixty one. Okay. Yeah. So say but, you undisciplined swine. Yeah. yeah, I was like, fuck yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> There's something about that, man. It's like you make your weight. If you sign the contract and you agree, yeah, it's like that's your job. Yeah, I know there could be complications, but yeah, I would always do my best to not disrupt that. For sure. Yeah, man. I find a lot of people like they, yeah, we all make the mistake at the beginning because we fear not making weight. So you just like cut weight right when you sign the contract to yeah. fight. You know, cut back calories. You're just really paranoid about it. Yeah. Man, I have it down to a system because I've been taking notes, you know, like night and morning for like the week I've leading up for mm. the last couple so I can compare. Nice. Like, hey, if I, if I get to bed at 166.8 tonight, I'll be perfect for like Thursday or something, mm. you know, and it's... Uh, nice. It's it's pretty cool. But it's, yeah, there's a bit of suffering. Like, I yeah. didn't eat much like the day before, you know, like at all. And right. Like the, the couple days before get kind of tough, but... And so you said you weigh what right now? Like 172. So I'm like 10 pounds heavier yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's no, it's not a water cut either, you know, mm. so you actually have to dye it back. Right, because it's same day weight. Yeah, because like if I woke up at 161.5, I could make 155 if I were oh, to yeah. dehydrate myself. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, so yeah, it's it's the dieting parts, it, it's, it's there, but it's, um, there's something to it, man. Like, yeah, it sucks. But the the two nice things I love about it is one the food after it's so enjoyable oh. like when you're like let's go for lunch like I'm gonna have a protein bar on the way I'm gonna get a like whatever whatever nothing, you want nothing helps you appreciate things more than like taking a break from them totally like eating totally and then also I don't know man it, it does kind of put you in a state ready to compete because like let's say for example like the the weigh in face offs like I'm a normally I'm normally a pretty bubbly guy and like I don't certain things I don't take too seriously and I would almost picture it'd be hard for me not to just like burst out laughing or something mm. when you're like standing there looking at the guy but when you're in that mode you're like I'm fucking hungry I'm pissed I've been working hard yeah. like I'm ready to do this event already yeah this fucking guys and you go and you're just like serious right and you're like I'm in like fucking starvation mode here like yeah. let's go that's why I'm always like yeah nobody's ever done that to me but like imagine being in a way and like that and someone like two hand pushes you or like says some shit yeah. like i wonder how you'd react when you're in that state yeah. hungry kind of bitter pissed off like yeah yeah man because you lot. definitely prime yourself for that day right yeah like when you wake up that morning you're like you're all business yeah and you i can't help it i actually enjoy the the fact that you cut weight for a fight i just enjoy i, I don't enjoy the the health parts of it yeah. but as far as like psychologically i like it yeah for that reason that you said you know yeah. it kind of prepares you you feel like a hungry wolf ready to go to battle for sure man. you know it's like you don't want to be like a uh what is like like a, a glutton 
Yeah. You know, just feasting all, you know, yeah. it's, it, the discipline required to like cut weight on top of training and preparing for this thing. It all like pools together yeah. for this like strong mind. There's really something to it. Yeah. And there's a difference between way overdoing it and depleting your body where you're like shuffling to the scale. But yeah. th- there's a healthy amount where it puts you, it primes you. Man, I'm trying to think of who it was recently that had just fought. And somebody said they they were like 25 to 30 pounds heavier from weigh-in day to the fight. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Charles Oliveira? I don't know. Eric I, Anders? I heard a couple Eric, recently. Eric Anders, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, they said like 25 to 30 pounds from, from the weigh-ins to the fight. So 24 hours, they put on almost 30 pounds. Well... Eric Anders said when he fights at 185, um, he's been in the cage before. The next day, up to 225. No. 535. That's 40 pounds. Are you serious? How do people do that? Like, I was... That's crazy. That's crazy. I think for me, it was 12 pounds, if I remember correctly. I, I weighed in 155, and yeah, yeah it was 12 pounds heavier right. night of the fight. Yeah. Man, 40 pounds? That's crazy. And obviously when you're like a bigger dude, that ratio is a bit different, but still that's extreme. Well, I'm, um, fuck, we probably talked about this. Remember Tyson fought that Curtis, De, oh, forget his name, DeMars, Curtis DeMars. Yeah. Um, yeah, we bumped into that guy the one time and yeah, he was like talking about how when he weighed in and was staring at like Tyson Steele, he was like, okay, like, yeah, this guy's my size, like whatever, sizing him up like you do. And the next day he's in the ring and Tyson like walks in <laughs> and I think he was like 25 to 30 pounds heavier. And this guy's like, <laughs> was this older brother or something? Who the fuck is this guy? But I remember like his, like in his mind when he was in the cage, he looked at Tyson and was like, oh shit, like that's a different person. That's what Adam was saying on this weekend because we went out for a drink and some food after. He was saying, Tyson, he's like, he worked so hard like for what that one fight when he fought at 155. He said, um, he would like we would be in the gym every day like training hard from like 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Four hours every night and I think they lived together at the time and he, yeah. like, we'd go home and he would just eat like a little bowl with like celery sticks in it and just like oh, chew them away and go to man. bed. Do you imagine a hard training session like that? Yeah, and then hey, hey, is it amateur hour? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> totally. And then he said that um, within like a week, he was back up to two hundred five. Yeah, fifty pounds. Right. It's like man, eating ice creams and all the good yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's insane, man. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, eh? Oh, well, that was like um, uh, I think it was was it Darren Till who said that? They said it was their um, biggest regret in their fight career was mm-hmm. was their weight fluctuating too Blowing much. Yeah. They said now that they're like getting older or retired, they're like, yeah, it really fucked up like our metabolism or our ability to mm-hmm. like lose or gain weight. Interesting. You know? Eh? Yeah. It's weird how that... Yeah, I forget who... I want to say Darren Till, but... Like, you know, it's like you, you make weight at whatever, 155, and then on the off season you just eat a bunch don't train nearly as much you know walk around at 220 and then you're just constantly like dipping patty pimblet yeah he's he fighting this weekend yes tomorrow yeah yeah it's do you just see the do you see the weigh-ins where he showed his butt he's like well, probably they were fat shaming and he went to shake the guy's oh, hand oh i didn't see like, that like i didn't see that the guy was a good sport about it. It was like kind of funny, but yeah, it's, they were like smiling at each other at the weigh-ins and it looked like it was going to be like a respectful thing. And then he just went, Oh, and the crowd like loved it. And he's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fighters, some fighters are just crazy. Yeah. yeah. The, be- the best, um, stare down 
was when Mike Perry had his hand out to shake hands and then the guy went to shake his hand and he pulled it back and went into like the the like no. two fists up and was like ah like so off guard yeah he genuinely looked like he was like a respectful guy about to shake his hand i'm like that's wow some, that's some miyamori musashi shit that's some yeah that's that, some warrior alpha shit that's like in that book you read by malcolm gladwell talking to strangers how it says like you never really know what people are thinking it's like right. like right it's like to throw somebody off like that is such Dude, a mind fuck. i know <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like now you kind of got a taste of like what a weigh-in is in the headspace you're in. So yeah. like I'm, you know, picture like walking up to someone and you're like, oh, like I'll shake this guy's hand and all yeah. he's yelling at you like yeah. with his fist in your face. You're like, oh my god, like I'm not ready for this. Yeah, Mike Perry was on uh, Theo Vaughn. Did you know that? Yeah. Recently, that's kind of a funny, a funny duo of dudes. Very funny duo. Yeah. Yeah. Theo's getting more and more into the MMA thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't remember what we were talking about before that, but, uh, me neither. Yeah. The whole weight thing. Yeah. Primes he puts in the mode. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting, but, oh yeah, it does. It does. Whenever you do an extreme, like if you're on an extreme diet to make weight, it like when that's done, you do have this desire to just go off the rails and eat yeah. whatever you want. So I can see how a fighter or a right. competitor like that would go up and down so much, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important to somewhat fight that. You know, it's like pig out for a couple days, but it's like don't carry it into a week or a you, month. You got to get back on track quick. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think they call it like a slingshot response. Yeah. Like people that go on a lot of diets, they do really good, and it's like, and then it like gets pulled mm. back, and as soon as they go off of it, it just like slingshots in the opposite direction, and they just binge eat. See, it's with everything. You, like even if, if if it's someone like you or I that trains regularly, you know, like throughout. Like, and you could take a bit of time off and it's fine, you know, but there's those people that like go really hard and then mm. they take like a month off and right. it's, you just lose that momentum, you know? Yeah. So I find, yeah, yeah, I don't, um, I've tried a lot of like, I don't know, I don't even know what they're called, diets, I guess, for like a few months here and there, but I like to just eat whatever I want and just try to keep it clean for yeah. the, you know, the most part. I'll pig out at night, but. That's like me. Most of my diet is clean and I yeah. train hard. With that being said, like I have no guilt, and you know, maybe, yeah, yeah. one day may or one week, maybe four days a week, I'll, you know, have that cookie at a coffee shop, right? and then maybe the next week I won't have any. And yeah. it's like you don't ever have to have guilt. It's just, yeah, it's good. Um, so Ethan, uh, Ethan's going to Thailand. I want to talk about that. Yeah, I think that's really cool. So, so um, we got this guy at our gym. What is he? Twenty? I'm not even sure. No. Yeah, I think he's 20. About that, eh? About that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's going to Thailand to... Uh, <laughs> he's going to Thailand to train for, I think, about a month. He leaves at the end of this month. And um, yeah, he just started training with us. Like, shit, I don't know, maybe... Fuck, I want to say a year ago. Maybe more. Because I think he was doing the bag classes with us. Then maybe took a little bit of a break and then came back. Anyway, not like that long. But he's sure taken a liking to like the striking. And uh, he was talking about Thailand, and then he just, you know, he kept bringing it up to me, and he said his, his parents were like, um, we don't want you going to Thailand, like, at all. Like, we're not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we'll, we'll even pay for you to go to America to train at any gym. Well, yeah, please. We'll, we'll pay for your hotel, your stay. Like, we'll pay for the whole trip if you just don't go to Thailand. You know, and he was like... I think just kind of processing that for about a month or something. And then just one day he was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to Thailand and he just booked it, bought, bought the ticket, um, got his passport, 
I think he's got everything to do, and he's he's going yeah. for for one month to train. I think they train for like six to eight hours a day. I'm gonna take a sip. So it's part it's part of a program, or like here he's just going and showing up at a gym. No, it's like yeah, you you pay for like um, it's not Tiger Muay Thai, but cool. I forget the name of the the gym, but yeah, you pay <laughs> for like the package, yeah. and you they, you you live at the gym. Cool. You know, with a bunch of other martial artists. Um, they have the the training schedule, yeah. so it's like he wakes up, you know, goes for a run, and then they hit pads, and That's then they cool, do bag man. work, and then they do strength and conditioning, and then they get the afternoon off to chill, and they come back in the evening, they do the same thing, they go for a run, they do like the strength training, pad wow. work, clinch work. That's crazy, man. In one month, I feel like his growth, and he's an athletic oh, kid. Like he, he played basketball, he was he was like a dancer for years, um, athletic kid. So going there, and right now he's training like one to maybe two hours with martial arts a day. Um, going for one month, six to eight hours, getting trained by some of the best in the world. It's going to be so good for him. It's going to improve his outlook, his game, yeah. everything so much. And you know, it's not going to be easy. I bet you some days are going to suck and he's probably going to be like, it's going to be tough. I'm here, I'm alone, like why am I here, why am I doing this? But I think there's going to be a lot of growth on the other yeah. side of that. It's it's one of those things where you just know already that it, as long as he goes, it'll be something he'll never forget. Yeah. Those are those things that you just don't forget. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's cool. And what is it for a parent? Is it just it's further away and the culture's so different and the language barrier that would be more, you know, a parent would be more fearful of as opposed to going to like California or something? I wonder, yeah, it's like a part of me is just like, like, I don't know if they've been through something or just the years of, like, hearing the news and hearing about, like, different disasters in foreign countries that are so different, you know, that they just feel safer sending, you know, him to, like, a English-speaking, like, normal place. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's your baby and you're sending him off to the other side of the world. Be scary, man. But it's like, I, you know, I feel like parents have to understand that it's, like, it's your kid's own life. Like, yeah he's not just going to live your own version of what you think he yeah. should live. Like, yeah. and like going against your parents, man, I, I feel like you have to do that to be who you are and not even go against your parents, but just do what's right for you. Yeah. And if that yeah. means going against your parents, exactly. then yeah. And, and, and anybody for that matter, yeah. you know, you yeah. kind of have to like, listen to that, like, you know, whatever authentic self, that voice you have, you know, kind of steering you. Yeah, if your desire is to go and your parents are saying no and you're 20, you know, a couple yeah. of years removed from high school, like at a certain point, you you got to do what's right for you. Yeah. You just have to. Yeah. And and I think he, he kind of talked about how his parents were like, um, um, what's like, what is Brian Callen, like a mitochondriac, like someone who's like really scared of being sick, getting sick or something or like, um, yeah, yeah, something like exactly that. what the yeah, definition, like that, yeah. but they're, I think they're kind of like that. Like they're yeah. a bit fearful. Like they're, you know, they're, they're scared yes. to do things. Yeah, for sure. A lot um, of people are like that, man. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe they had a bad experience, but it's like, yeah, it'd be tough to not like dish that onto your and put that fear into your own kid. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm glad he's going, man. He's going to have fun. Was he's your, cool. was your, I know your dad probably didn't care too much. Did was your mom when you were young? I mean, you know, 2021 going to australia was she like kind of sad about it or was it um i don't i'm sure she was like sad just because i was like you know leaving for so long (laughs) yeah um probably a little scared too yeah but not enough to 
put it in my head like not enough to like try to scare me out of it or exactly. my parents have always been super supportive yeah. with pretty much anything I've yeah. done you know yeah my mom was supportive of it but I could tell she was kind of like sad like I think she might have got emotional when she dropped us off at the airport or something oh I'm sure my mom me too yeah for sure be tough man well, for sure. If and you had kids, right? Like, if you're, and they're going to tra travel solo somewhere. And they haven't really traveled before. Like, I'd never been on a plane, you right. know? And it's like, is he ready for this? Like, right. This scary, soft little man. fucking guy yeah, from Mormon. For sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good for him, man. And, you know, it's, uh, I really think it's, and this, is, this is, doesn't have to do with him in his case, but it's like, as long as your parents are still subsidizing you or paying your phone bill or, paying you somehow or you're living with them still they can always kind of tell you what what to do and if you don't like that well then you have to live your own life and not depend on them right. and not suck on the teeth of a parent in yeah. any way possible right and they're gonna respect you for it in the long run for sure yeah and you're gonna have the freedom in the long run yeah and the uh, like lack of regret you know it's like regret would be so shitty if you just listened to them and didn't go yeah. you know 10 20 years down the road you'd be like you just never know you never know what it would be like to train in thailand for a month mm -hmm. and it feels good when you're young when you're a young person and you don't ask your parents for anything like right. you got yourself yeah you know and it might not always be easy but it's like yeah i think too many people nowadays take advantage of that of of taking and having their parents subsidize them up and up until later years you know like yeah. just always knowing that there's that safety net of oh i can ask mom and dad for money if i need a car loan or you know if if this bill comes up like i can always ask yeah. mom and dad for money it's i think it's important to get out of that heads for sure sooner than later yeah and just to clarify i know you're not talking about ethan but ethan is not that guy i think i think he's a pretty hard worker he's a smart kid totally. but i know i know you're not talking about yeah, him, yeah not him he not like him. runs his own business he's going to school like he's doing a lot of like yeah. good shit totally but yeah he's on a good path man that's cool and he's you going know? by himself not with any friends yeah he's going by himself that's badass i think a lot of his friends are really into bodybuilding yeah which is sweet like they're yeah. there and they're they keep trying to get ethan to do it and yeah. he's trying but i think he's like He's like, I feel like my heart's with martial arts. Like, he's really liking the striking. Yeah. You know? So that's listening, cool. Listening to his intuition. I you like have that. to, man. Yeah. You have to. 100%. It's cool. Have you... Um, I know there's a lot of martial arts talk on this, but fuck it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Keeps me out of trouble from saying stupid shit. When, when you think of the best in the world at jiu-jitsu, who, who do you think of? Or like when you just think jujitsu, oh, Gordon Ryan, Gordon Ryan, right? Yeah, me too. And and I do for bigger, stronger guys. But this Mikey Musumeci guy, I was kind of telling you about. He's kind of the 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 coming up guy that's kind of like the one twenty five pounder, the one thirty five. Oh, okay. And he's the deaf. Do you know much about this guy? Not at all. Okay. I just saw Callie post it on her story, and then yeah. Okay. He's the definition of like the new age, like super nerd. Like math kid who he doesn't like, lift weights, yeah. super nice, timid, you know, right. but just like an absolute killer, wow. like, like a Ryan Hall or something, but even like smaller and younger. You right. know? Um, anyways, he, he was on Rogan's podcast and, you know, we were talking a little bit last week about knowing what to do is easy, but doing the thing is, is hard. Mm -hmm. It's like, we all know the answer to success is like fully diving into something, giving yeah. it your all being all in and like if you want to be if you want to go to medical school it's like you're gonna fucking study for a decade Ugh. like for hours yeah 
and overworked, underslept, just working. You know, if you want to be the number one real estate agent in the city, it's like, you're going to have to go back to the office at 10 at night, bitch. Right. And you're going to have to fucking do that paperwork. And you're going to have to not go away on weekends and with whatever it is. This this kid, like, he's been training jujitsu since he's four. He's like one of those savant guys. Wow. He literally trains like twelve hours every day. He's he's just all in. He just is on the mats. And here's here's the thing what's interesting is he he doesn't treat it like a nine to five. Like he's obviously it's what he's doing with his life and he's a competitor, but he's such like a nerd that he looks at jujitsu like a math problem. Mm. And if there's like a, a position or something he just obsesses about it and he treats it like a math problem and he just can't like weighs the pros and cons of what position uh like like it, like risk versus reward and probably has like percentages in his head like if i go for this this is the risk of that like i wonder if he just like sees it in that way totally yeah. and he's like if i do this thing there's 20 different potential reactions that my opponent can have right maybe they post up onto an arm maybe they turn the other way maybe they post on two arms maybe they turn the other way and so he goes through all of these different scenarios based on how someone will react when he doesn't move and then you know he'll he has his partners training he trains them to basically stop his move and all the ways that they could stop it and he he basically like reverse engineers and um like he's just honing this math problem in that's that's jujitsu. Wow. And so you, you know how it is when you're obsessed with something. It's like next thing you know, you look. You're like, I've been on the mats for five hours. Right. Especially he, like yeah, I mean, some people just have like a, a brilliant mind, and whatever they put their that mind towards and that energy towards, they can really like break it down and master it. Yeah. Like a John Danaher, this guy, like these. Yeah. It's, that's that's awesome. That's and cool. and there's like it's there's awesome. no there's no secret. It's just like. Well, yeah, the guy that's on the mat 12 hours every day who's been training yeah. since he's four, that's the guy that's going to win. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. It's, there's no secret, but it's it's easy to know that that's the secret to success, but it's hard to spend that amount of time yeah. on the mats every day. Exactly. We, and, we like leisure. We like friends. We like drinks. Right. We like, you know, resting. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure that guy wasn't making any money before doing yeah. that. Like, you have to, you know, you have to grind it out and just be broke, maybe. Like, I don't know what his background is, but like just living on the mats and maybe not teaching or teaching every now and then you know and then starting so young where your body starts to move in ways that you couldn't teach you and me to right. do the splits in certain ways at this age you know right. and, but anyways yeah it's just i was gonna say what would you uh if you had kids if you have kids what would you put them in like what what sport or like obviously they're gonna like naturally gravitate towards something and you put them in but um I wonder what the best sports would be to put them in to help them like develop like flexibility, strength. You ever think about that? I don't think about that, but I would definitely let them try kickboxing and jujitsu for sure. For sure. Hockey was great for me, but this is the interesting thing Adam was talking about last week. Like it was the week before we were going to compete and we just had really good energy in the gym like Wednesday night where like I don't know, you could just feel it. It's like people were excited, people were training hard, people were having fun. And Adam's like, man, he's like, people say this is an independent sport, like you go in there, you fight alone, but he's like, man, this is so much more like a team thing, what we do. Mm -hmm. He's like, I have clients who come in who play team sports and they talk about how um, like isolated they feel Mm. doing their thing. And he's like, now here we are doing an independent sport and we have all this community and camaraderie. 
So even though it's like an independent sport, I think a kid doing jiu-jitsu or kickboxing will still get the team environment of, that you would in a soccer team right. or a football team, you know? Right. That's so cool. I would definitely, just because I'm into this, I yeah. would let them try that. And if they just didn't jive with kickboxing or jiu-jitsu, yeah, yeah. let them try soccer, let them try gymnastics, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, sometimes I wonder, like, what the best route is. Hey, like, like, at least get them to try, like, multiple sports. I think so. You know? Or, like, obsess over one. Because I've heard, like, really good things about when people train like a variety of sports you get like really athletic and good balance strength yeah you know you can adapt and learn really easily i think it's good to yeah and and like you said too you know maybe pay attention to what they gravitate towards i remember on a different podcast where like if your son just gravitates towards like balls whether it's a soccer ball <laughs> that's bad <laughs> soccer yes. ball basketball whatever it's like may, maybe maybe kickboxing is not their thing like maybe they want to try soccer or like volleyball <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i was just stop I was trying there. to think of the gayest sport i could think of, but <laughs> yeah. i didn't say soccer but i played that my whole life <laughs> but um anyways with, with this mikey the last thing i want to say is one of the most interesting things about him is his, his diet he he used to be very frustrated and like pissed off and because he was dieting all the time for mm. competing so what he does now and he it works great for him he makes 125 like he can cut weight like this he's but it keeps him so happy and he just loves eating is he eats once a day at night and he eats pizza pasta and a pint of acai but every night he's an italian like has an italian background and he'll um he makes his own like pizza and uh, like from scratch and he gets uh like so much pasta is this during the whole camp though or is this like yeah when you weight cuts or does he just always all the time really all the time wow and um yeah he's so he and then he he has like olive oil flown in from like uh italy i don't know if they just kind of sponsored him they're just like i was gonna say jujitsu guy making money yeah but but yeah andrew tate seven thousand calories every night that's what he eats pizza pasta and and acai wow but like all out like that's a lot of food the 7,000 calories is a lot. That's a lot. That's fucking way more than I eat. I would think I eat like 2,000. Yeah, like, I, I don't like know. I don't eat count more than calories, me. but yeah, that seems either. crazy. But well, anyways, he told Rogan, he's like, because Rogan said how much, and he said he one time he measured it out, and it was about 7,000 calories. How big is that fucking pizza? I guess pasta, yeah. But he trains, and, and then, you know, he wakes up the next day, and he he's not hungry. So and he trains right. all day and then he's hungry at night again and he just found huh. with his metabolism and giving his digestive system a break. Yeah. It it's enjoyable for him and he seems to he seems to function great on it. Yeah. You know? So hmm. it's kind of interesting. Oh shit. I should fast more, but damn, that's a tough one, man. Fasting's a, a very challenging thing to take a break from. Yeah. Food's good. Yeah. You know? And it whenever you put rules on yourself, it's like, okay, I can't eat until one PM everything becomes more like oh it's 11 and like (laughs) i really want this thing yeah yeah we should do a good fast and then talk about it on the podcast what's the longest fast you've ever done three days that's pretty rank i remember that three days i've never done that dude i don't think i've ever done 24 hours three days sucked oh no actually when i was in the hospital i guess (laughs) for two weeks but that's different yeah oh that's one thing i kind of swear by though like the, the little bits of intermittent fasting I've yeah. done, let's say you're not eating in a 16, 17 hour window. Right. There's really something to that, man. Yeah. Clarity. Um, yeah. 
energy levels and you know they say that's when you're burning the fat in those last couple hours and right. there's hormone benefits and the, the the biggest thing that I think is is really cool about that is the whole like longevity thing about how there's a lot of longevity studies yeah. and how good yeah. it is for you know if you want to yeah. live long to, to fast on a somewhat regular G- basis GSP swears by it he says he does uh, shit what did he say he said like uh, I think three or four times a year he, he does, does a like a, fi- three- a five day fast that's right he said five days that's crazy. Yeah, man. Five days is insane. Like, I remember th- on the third day, like, it was shitty. I think I had a pounding headache. I remember that. Mm. But I think it might have been the coffee. So you were drinking black coffee? I didn't even want the coffee. I hate black coffee. So oh, okay. I, didn't, I just drank water. Oh, you're saying the headache because of the lack of coffee. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, there's definitely like some withdrawals. And so on the third day, man, I remember being like, like eyes squinting. I was just sitting in the room being like, oh, fuck, like I didn't want to move. Jeez, I, eh? tra- I trained on day one and day two like on the second day of fasting I trained lightly and then yeah on the third day I think I timed it so that I had it off and I didn't have any obligations yeah, yeah. and yeah I just didn't even feel like moving I feel like if I fasted for a whole day and then went to bed it's like when I'd wake up the next day it's like okay I did it but to go for two more days that's crazy yeah human body is very um, I know I'm not going to think of the word right now um can withstand a lot of stuff yeah yeah that's the word oh man it's gonna bug the hell out of me now (laughs) anyways anyway so you're going to uh when is this sunshine thing speaking of that august 12th so you're going to calgary and he's doing a seminar at a gym yeah a couple hour seminar it's like uh i think they're doing it in the like the olympic state i don't know not not olympic stadium olympic training center okay or something so it's i think it's going to be a pretty big place it'll be a lot of people yeah but yeah, it's two and a half hours long on a Friday night. I think Aaron and I were going to go on a trip, but I think I'm just going to, we're going to plan a separate trip. So I think I'm just going up with Chris McLean. Yeah. And then um, we're leaving Friday, do the seminar, stay the night, and then leave home Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Sick. That'll yeah. be a fun little road trip. I'm excited, man. Yeah. Where's that from? Did I do that? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You remind me of like a paranoid, sketched out person that you start looking around, <laughs> take your foot down. That'll be sick. Oh, yeah, what's this book about, bro? Man, I I want to get into this, but I the part of me is also like hesitant because I feel like I wanna I wanna finish it and like process it all. But we still have twenty minutes left, so I might as well get into something. Resilient is the word I was looking for before. We oh, as humans resilient. are resilient. Oh yeah. That sounds that book. The, the cover of it there it sounds like um, a really like triggering to people who are anti-masculine or, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah uh, like um, misogynistic male right know. like against masculine energy yeah masculine traits the way of the superior man yeah the way of the superior man a spiritual guide to mastering the challenges of women work and sexual desire interesting it's actually really good. It's really intriguing. I've read a few chapters because they're they're short and sweet, which I really like. Some of them are like a page and a half, two pages. So how did you hear of that book? Um, uh, Prince recommended it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he said it was good. So I was like, all right. And I kept seeing it on Instagram. I, I like a lot yeah. of book stuff and it'll just fucking pop up and I kept seeing it. So... Um, are you doing any other challenges these days? You were doing a lot of different 30-day things. Um, no, I'm not doing nothing right now. Yeah. I'm just uh, 
I've just been busy at the gym, man. Yeah. Just, yeah, my focus is going there right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> we get into this or what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then the video you sent me too, does that have to do with something we could talk oh, about or is that? You know what, I don't know, maybe that, that might be a fun one. It's like a Drew Barrymore thing that I saw that just made me think about, like, the Hollywood elite. And, um, yeah, just some of that creepy shit. Let's check it out first. Check it out. Let's check it out. Because, yeah, like, this book, man, I, I, I don't want, I want, I want to do it justice. Yeah. And I, um. Well, yeah. we might get there. Yeah. Oh, that's a stupid place to put that. Tree rolls. If you know anything about Drew Barrymore's childhood and upbringing, she was smoking cigarettes and doing pot and drinking alcohol all under the age of 12. The conspiracy theory is that Drew Barrymore's mother used her as a child as a form of guarantee, basically giving her to the Hollywood elites. Her first audition was when she was one years old. She would go clubbing with her mother. The seven-year-old kid is when she began drinking. She would pour alcohol in her ice cream. Wow. And that was her gateway into becoming an alcoholic and then later she would be introduced to drugs by probably strangers in the club or her mom's friends you see her as a child just wearing heavy makeup and just being propped up and just being basically portrayed as like a mature woman and she was treated as a mature woman by her own mother who i think was courting her and teaching her the ways of hollywood which is to satisfy the elites not ask questions and to just accept everything that's done with you and find coping mechanisms drinking and using drugs and basically disassociating from what happened to her she seems so in tune with yes. her inner child like she I, know, I just saw that and I'm like man that's like that's messed up that's really messed up like um and again like who knows if that's even true but it's fucked up that like I, I'm sure that happens a lot like there's a lot of money and fame like so many people are are desperate for that and they'll do anything to get it it's kind of like a waste of a human you know it's like if you're born and let's say that was true let's say that her mom was just basically using her as this tool like you're born into this situation and you don't even get to have an identity as a person you're just like used through through your life and manipulated and and think how many people go through that like yeah. isn't britney spears going through something with her dad right now like he's suing her there like something is going on like I, michael jackson didn't he have some shit with his parents that like oh man i'm sure they all the did. dad was pretty like a, a, a abusive i think and like yeah it's like they just turn them into these performers it's like this is who you are you just perform and make money do you remember hearing about the was it called castrados no. About how, and they think Michael Jackson might be one, but they would basically castrate these young boys who were singers and entertainers so that they would keep that high-pitched voice. Oh, yes. I feel like we've talked about this before. Maybe. Man, that's crazy. But they're saying maybe that was a Michael Jackson thing, but yeah, these kids are pretty much propped up and can you imagine? all of their hormones stripped from them so they can like keep these dumb like little girly kid voices. And that is unbelievable if that's true. Yeah. That's that's like some that's like some pit bull shit where they just snip their ears for the fucking because they're like it looks cool. Yeah. It's called, I want this kid to have like a nice voice. So let's just cut his dick off or whatever that means. Man, I, I think there's they a, don't cut it their dick off. I think they, they probably like tie their balls. Up. They do something to their balls. Oh my god, man. <laughs> but man, that whole Hollywood world is uh, terrifying. Pretty scary, like terrifying, you know. man. I think there's a lot of weird shit that goes on behind the scenes with the the, the elite, you know? Like, yeah. If you want to call it that. 
Oh man. Yeah. Just when I saw that, I'm like, Oh, that's, cr it just made me yeah think of like, yeah, Michael Jackson, all these like really famous people. And I'm like, that's insane to like grow up in that. Especially well, if your parents put you in it. Yeah, that's messed up. Well, I remember Mike Tyson too. I think he was like smoking weed, you know, like eight years old, like some crazy shit like that. But yeah. you think about how young, oh man, that's not good. No, no. When, we, oh, what's that? I was going to say, did we talk about this before? When did you first start drinking? Like grade nine or 10 or something? I think, I think grade 10. Yeah, I, th I started drinking a little later than most of my friends. Yeah, I think you and, did. And the first thing I got drunk on was a two-liter cooler, and I got super drunk. I was puking uh, off of a balcony, and Kyle was catching it with a, <laughs> with a garbage can. Did you? What was? How old were you when you first tried weed? Like nineteen, maybe twenty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you at least got to develop a little bit first. That's that's pretty good. And look at me now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it's time for a drink. <laughs> I got the pasties like a mom. Yeah, I do too. Should we go over one one thing just to kind of see where it takes us? Absolutely. Okay. Let's go over twenty things. No, we'll just go over one. Yeah. Like From that books. book you're talking? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to go, it just says chapter one. So I don't even know what this chapter is going to say, but. The way of the superior man. Yeah. All right. Just see what this kind of sparks up, if anything. Chapter one, stop hoping for completion of anything in life. Stop hoping for a completion of anything in life. Then I just highlighted most men make the error of thinking that one day it will be done. They think if I can work enough, then one day I could rest. Or one day my woman will understand something and then she will stop complaining. <laughs> or I'm only doing this now so that one day I can do what I really want with my life. The masculine error is to think that eventually things will be different in some fundamental way. They won't. It never ends. As long as life continues, the creative challenge is to tussle, play, and make love with the present moment while giving your unique gift. Mm, I like that. It's pretty cool. And That's, so, go keep going. Yeah. I can even, yeah, like just to give a little bit of more, I'll just shut up and read. Limited money and family obligations have never stopped a man who really wanted to do something. Although they provide excuses for a man who is not really up to the creative challenge in the first place. It's a powerful little sentence. Find out today whether you are willing to do what it takes to give your gift fully. As a first step, spend at least an hour today giving your fullest gift, whatever that is for today. So that when you go to sleep at night, you know you couldn't have lived your day with more courage, creativity, and giving. And then here it gets, gets more into the topic. You may believe and hope that one day your woman will be fundamentally different. Assume she's going to be however she is forever. The feminine always seems chaotic and complicated from the perspective of the masculine. The next time you notice yourself trying to fix your woman so that she will no longer fill in the blank, relax and give her... Um, Relax and give her love by touching her and telling her that you love her when she is this way. Oh, I can't read right now. Whatever you fill in the blank. Embrace her or wrestle with her or scream and yell for the heck of it. But make no effort to bring an end to that which pisses you off. Practice love instead of trying to bring an end to the quality that bothers you. Interesting. Yeah, that was really tough for me to get through. That's something I... Man, that's something I definitely can totally relate to. 
that's why I like you know? this book, man. I find when I read it, like again, and he do, he talks about like this is for people that are a little bit more on the masculine side. Like it's not necessarily about man and woman. He said like there's a lot of men in relationships that carry more feminine energy than the woman. Um, but yeah, I like it. it kind of like makes you almost understand the way your the way your brain ticks sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm sure like so many people have thought in their mind like oh like I can't wait to like try to like tell my girlfriend starts acting this way like you're waiting for this thing to like all of a yeah. sudden change One day she'll her. Get it. yeah you know but it's like no like just that's the person you're with like embrace that whatever it is you know and quit trying to like fix that person and if it's bad enough and i think he says it in the book like obviously you have to like leave and not be in the relationship yeah. but don't think that like you know that thing is going to change yeah and like that she'll just think like you like so sim- so simply right because like a lot of us guys, we're pretty simple the way we think and it's everything's black and white. And man, that's one of the major things that I think a lot of us guys struggle with is, you know, once this is done, I'll, I'll be good. And yeah. once this is done, I can rest. And once this mission is done, yeah. you know, yeah, then I'll be good. And we know better too. Like that's something I, I know it's, it's an endless pursuit. It's like you have to embrace what's now. It's mm-hmm. not going to be, di- but it, it's still a struggle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like even having family over, I have to do, I have to, you know, set some things up around my house. Like I've been doing a lot of, of, of work around my house. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, like we'll have them like once, once this is done, I just want to get this little bit of stuff, you know, done. And right. Next, right. And it's like almost August now. And it's <laughs> like, just have them over for a barbecue. Right. Like you don't have to have like this perfect set up house. Right. It's not going to be any different in probably a year. I'll be like, well, you know, like I don't have whatever rocks in my backyard yet, so they can't come yet. And they're probably not going to care anyway. They just want to spend time with their kid. It's like Ed Milet was talking about that. eh? He's like, hey, dad, like I I own a private jet. Like we should go here and play golf. And he's like, why don't, like we got to, there's a golf place like right behind our house. Like why don't we just go there? He's like, I don't care where we golf. I just want to be with my son. Yeah. And Ed's like, oh shit, like. You know, he wanted to show his dad all this, this fancy lifestyle, and his dad's like, "I want, you, I want to golf with you. I don't give a fuck about the course." Yeah, you know? interesting. Yeah, man, Ed's a jack guy. <laughs> I saw that photo recently. I'm like, "Hey, man, Dude, you jacked." What is it about that? Okay, Ed Milet, he's such a good man with humility and empathy, and he's got this positive message for males, and he's he's very sympathetic, and he's got feminine energy, but. There's something about when you see like him at an event talking with like veins popping out of his arms and he looks like a power lifter. It it makes you like not trust him as much and it's like, oh, you're doing coke and doing steroids. Yeah, and, right. Like, you're just in it for the money and it is kind of funny, <laughs> eh? Because when, when I saw that photo, like I love Ed Milet. I think he's great, but the, my that that entered my <laughs> mind as well. Where I'm it like, pissed me off. <laughs> Man, I seen his arms. I'm like, I don't want to listen to you anymore. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Because he does look like that, like just like a meathead. Why is that? That like we react like that, or like a comedian, you know, if they're up there looking super hip and they're like jacked and tattooed, right. it's like fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like um, maybe it's like a little bit of like fuck you for having for having everything. It's like you're you're jacked, successful. Yeah. Oh, and you're jacked too. Super humble, like compassionate. He's like smart, and you're just like fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> At least Lewis Howes, he kind of looks like a bit more of a feminine type of a guy. Right. Like he's still athletic and all this stuff, but right. once you get those like 
deca arms in there when like the seams are popping out of your t-shirt yeah it's like i don't trust this guy i don't like this guy well and i wonder if another part of it is like kind of like the liver king where there's like um not that ed Milet is like um but it's like yeah there's just like a thing that's not talked about there's an elephant in the room yeah there's like an elephant in the room yeah. like hey but it's not ed Milet doesn't talk about that stuff very much well he, here's the thing too is Ed Milet, he's very open, um, but I don't think he would be the type who's willing to talk about... Because he's got to be on, like, at least testosterone or For something, sure. right? To For look sure. like that. He's very open about his life and his childhood, but that's one thing. There's, some of these guys won't touch these certain areas right. that are these little corners. But that's what I love so much about Rogan is he'll go anywhere. He's like, yeah. I'm whatever, I'm 53, I'm on testosterone, I'm on growth hormone, and here's how often I do it, and there's something, I don't know, you just, you trust them, and, you know, because Rogan's jacked too, but he's so open, you can ask him anything, and he'll be honest with you. It's it's a nice way to live, Yeah. right, like, to just never have any, um, like, skeletons in the closet. And, and yeah. to be, especially when you're that famous or like, I feel like a lot of famous people are probably scared. Like people are going to find some shit out, yeah. but Rogan's like pretty fucking open. There's not a whole lot where you can be like, Hey, like, yeah. you know, we caught you doing this. He's like, yeah, I've just talked about that last episode. Totally. Like, oh, eh? shit. <laughs> and it's kind of a shame. Like you and I talked about that initially when we were starting the podcast, it's like, you know, cannabis is a pretty big part of our life. You know, yeah. we use it pretty regularly and it's like. We could open up and talk about these things, but if we kind of hide the fact that we get high sometimes, right? It's, I would feel that way towards us too. Is like, oh, yeah. these guys aren't authentic, like, right? They, For sure, they, they never bring up weed, but yeah. like I know them personally, and like they're, they're always like, smoking. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. it was important that it's like whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't know. Maybe this this might have been our worst episode yet because we did get high. <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes it more challenging, man. <laughs> We both got the shades on today. Yeah. Sonny Logan Paul was on a podcast recently. He had his sunglasses on and they were like asking him like if it's ever cool to have your sunglasses on like indoors. And he's like, yeah. Or no, it was Chris D'Elia actually. Sorry, it was Chris D'Elia. And he was like, yeah, if you're like running into like a coffee shop real quick just to grab a coffee and then going back out. He's like, that's Mm. cool. He's like, or if you're like fucked up, you know. And you just you're like hiding something. Yeah. yeah then he's yeah. like, I get it. Yeah. You know, maybe it was Logan Paul because Chris well, doesn't get fucked up. It Lo- was Logan. Paul. Logan was on the full send. That's and what they it was. were. They did a podcast at a wedding when they're all like hammered and shit. Yeah. So it they was just a, called it. It was a rough look. That eh? was that was a rough podcast. Yeah. They're just like, let's try this. And, yeah. But shit show. Yeah. I think that's it for. I think we gotta. I think you gotta <laughs> fucking cut this line. <laughs> I got nothing good to say anymore. Thanks for listening, everybody. Episode Episode 72. 72. (laughs) (laughs) That was maybe our best ending, yes.